This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Feel the power. Horsepower, that is. The Ride with Royce on 1500 ESPN. All right, Manny Hill might be the only guy who can answer this question. Okay. Uh, Coach Zimmer has been making references to uh, Case Keenum's large <laughs> cojones, right? Right? Yes. He, did it again. he did it again today. Okay. Wait. What was Tracy Clays' quote oh. on ESPN when he was the interim coach after they beat Nebraska in, like, 15, 2015? Yeah, it was something like, yeah, they, they like. <laughs> yeah, they threw the mic in front of him. It's the first time he ever had the mic, and he oh he referred to their, uh, the, to their big equipment, didn't he? Are we, he, are we allowed to say it, Reavers? I yeah, mean, we're fine. Yeah, we're yeah, fine. He's, he basically said the guys, they played their balls off. Yeah, that's right. He said. Yeah. That's what he said. They played. No, I wait a minute. Find it. I take yeah. exception to you thinking Manny Hill's the only one that can answer. No, he, no, he remembers <laughs> I just, stuff. I remember oh, it. Oh, I remember that's what you're talking about. I yeah. would have no idea about physiology. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just was trying to remember. They played their balls off. I see. Said. Remember oh, that? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was, and that was that was after they beat Nebraska for the <laughs> yeah, first time, right? First in like time 50 in years, fifty years, yeah, yeah, right. And he was the interim because uh, Jerry'd had uh, one of his episodes. Yes, that was that was it. Yeah. So uh, Zim is uh, so Zim is now all on board with Case Keenum after being a well, very reluctant. Took him longer to get one over. It, it didn't take Judd and Mackey as long to get one over on Case Keenum as it took Coach Zimmer. <laughs> well, and I think in today's presser, you know, I'd, I'd heard a, a snippet of it, and I heard when he said this part live, and Kramer alluded to it in his piece for your newspaper, but I think he kind of offered up that uh, phrase towards Case, a little wink and a nudge, like he knew. Because he knew he'd said it the last time, and everybody, he, and everybody ran with it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think Zim was having a little fun with the press today. Uh, well, uh, it is, uh, it's going to be interesting. He's, uh, it will be funny if, uh, if he comes out and somehow they get beat Sunday, everybody's going to blame him, right? You know what though? I don't know why I keep getting this sense. I think, I think they are going to handle these guys on Sunday. I really, and I know the saints are there. It, they're the, this is the best matchup of the weekend, and mm-hmm. probably a lot of people consider this to be the NFC, the de facto NFC championship game. I think the Vikings handle them on Sunday. I really do. Well, I wouldn't be surprised because uh, uh, Jeff Duncan uh, told us yesterday when we talked to him, the New Orleans sports columnist, I had no idea that their defense was that banged up. 
Yeah. They lost. What did he say? They lost six starters over the course of the year. Right, and I know they're I think missing. He told us that was it, is it their guard Pete? Is, is, is yeah, the he, guard, broke, he broke guard. his ankle right uh, yeah. towards the end of this Carolina yeah. game last week. Yeah, they got a, not. I think about halfway through it, wasn't it? He, something like maybe that. third quarter, yeah. something like that. Yeah, he got hurt, and they have. Here's their problem. They they now they're they're basically down to five offensive linemen who can play, and uh, what are the. What are the odds about getting through a game with about 50-50 that, that you're going to get through a game with uh, your your offensive lineman? I really do believe what I said yesterday, that that a dome is a bigger advantage for a defense than an offense. A lot of people talk about the fast track and the perfect conditions and that, but I think it's a, it's, it's a bigger advantage for a defense when we are at home than it is the offense. And, and you know what else, too, guys? The Saints are not... I just don't think they're the same team away from the Superdome. No, I'm with you. I mean, they they are almost unbeatable. I mean, much like the the Vikings are a better team at U.S. Bank Stadium than they are on the road. Now, they were pretty good on the road this year, too, but... The Saints just there's there's a little bit of a different feel from them when they're when they're not in that dome and they don't have the crowd behind them and and all that stuff. So I think this is going to be tough for them. I've been thinking about this, and I've a lot of you know I know Atlanta's a four point favorite or something like that. I have decided that uh, Philadelphia would have a even with Nick Foles playing would have a better chance to beat them. Than uh, Atlanta would in the in the new dome. I I really think that they're better off. Is, is that uh, is that because Philly would have the home field advantage? Yes, yeah, because it could be a lousy cold day. Uh, you know, turnovers could become in more, and Philly Philly probably has a better defense than they they do have a better defense than either the Saints or the Falcons. And, and if you're they fi- could maybe turn it into a. Philadelphia could turn it into a maybe a thirteen to ten game, you know. Yeah, and, and then and then in that case, the, yeah, the Eagles won't need, wins. They won't need Nick Foles to do a whole lot. No, no, I I think that uh, uh, that this this you'd rather. I think you said this yesterday, Manny. Too, I think you'd rather be at home. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Sure. Uh, although, even though Atlanta and the Saints are both better than Philadelphia. There's no doubt about that, mm-hmm. but but Philadelphia, I think Peterson's sharp. Uh, I think that's a well coached team, and they'll play it. They'll try to beat them like they uh, what the two weeks ago when they wanted to clinch home field when they barely that, beat Oakland on yeah, that Monday but, night. But really conservative, uh, you know, mm-hmm. on an uninteresting game. They tried to keep it as uninteresting as they could. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, – I don't think you want to go to – I think you certainly would be confident going to Philadelphia, but I don't think – I think you want to play at home. And if you asked all of those guys, all the players and coaches, they'd probably say the same thing, that they would much rather play at home than have to travel to Philadelphia for that NFC title game. And, by the way, I got this from Derek Falvey and also his uh, bright new young assistant director of uh, baseball operations, uh, Daniel Adler, who used to work for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you guys, maybe it's been publicized up there, that no team has ever hosted, not only has no team ever hosted the, the Super Bowl in their own stadium, no team has ever played in the conference finals 
that then was going to play in the with the, with the stake being a chance to play in its own stadium in the Super Bowl. You're saying that this is as far as the team has ever gotten. Is that what you're? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, to play in its own stadium. Mm-hmm. That nobody has ever been in the conference championship game with a chance to then advance to the uh, their own stadium. Oh, it's remarkable. Super Bowl. It is remarkable. And I know everybody keeps bringing it up, but the fact that it's never been done in the history of the league is saying something. Well, the biggest play the Vikings made all year was when Carson Wentz got hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, you know, <laughs> I mean, things have broken. Everything possible has broken their way. So, uh, you know, there's. Uh, but can you imagine too? I just I keep seeing. You know, they're the they're the late afternoon game. The crowd's gonna have an extra three hours to get good and tuned up for that contest. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be a loud, raucous party in that stadium on Sunday afternoon. You know what we don't see anymore? The flags. Oh, are the, you uh, kidding? They're the all flags. over the place now. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the num- my, my number one memory of the Falcons game was all those flags. I was walking back to the Star Tribune, and all those flags were out in the muck. Because <laughs> everybody, everybody snapped them all off. Their and <laughs> threw them off. Threw them off, yeah. Yeah, you're starting, right. to, you're starting to see them pop up a little bit more. At least I am, anyway, on my commute. You're starting to see them pop up more and more. All right. We uh, are you sure those aren't gopher flags? They might be. I, I okay. guess I should double I check. Look closer because maroon and purple are kind of uh, that's uh, true. Same color. We'll see if uh, Coach Herm is going to be with us uh, when we get back. Talking purple right now on the ride with Roycey. You play to win the game. Hello. It's former player and coach turned ESPN NFL analyst Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, the Arizona State football coach and NFL pundit. And Herm, you should get on the phone with some Minnesota kids. It's going to be 15 below this weekend. They might want to come down where it's warm. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. It's unbelievable. This, the weather. You know, the, the real Vikings would have been playing outside this weekend, but they're okay. They're going to be in a nice, warm place. All right. Hey, Herm, before we get into the Vikings, your Kansas City fan friends, oh. you've spent a lot of years there. Uh, boy, that's as, that, they've had some tough ones. That's got to be the worst. Yeah, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden this thing is starting to add up and mount up on the fan base as well as the players. You know, they've gone last year, had a home field game and, and lost you know the, it's kind of ironic um the last actually playoff game they won at home yeah i was on the staff with joe montana when we beat pittsburgh yeah and that was a long uh, time ago you know and uh this one they're up 21-3 it looks like no yeah. contest and everything that could go wrong did go wrong Went wrong but, yeah. I'll tell you, the referee, I don't know how you coaches do it with referees. And I think the NFL is oh. worse than college. They drive you crazy. What are you doing what, here? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, there's a couple things that obviously went awry, but, but the fumble that Mariota had, they blew the whistle a little early. That was mm-hmm. a big moment in that game, obviously. And, you know, there was a couple other moments as well. But that was the one where all of a sudden the whole complexity of the game changes as they get that ball. But that doesn't happen. They continue to play. Now, a lot of that's on the Chiefs, too. You know, they get shut yeah. out the whole second half. you got to give – you know, Tennessee had already beat – three times they played them, Tennessee actually beat them twice. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's uh, – they, they love their Chiefs down there, but that was as hostile as I've heard a uh, crowd when they – that's as good a boo as I've ever heard of a home team oh, take. Oh, yeah. it was brutal. You know, and when, and when Kelsey went down, the air kind of went out of the bubble there. It just was like – 
Now what? And then from there, just things started happening. I mean, look, the guy throws the ball and Revis knocks it back to him. He scores a touchdown. Come on. Herm, uh, how much uh, uh, breeze against Carolina? That was that was mm. a masterpiece, man. Some yeah, of those throws, was, yeah. Some of those throws sure. he makes as guys are coming out of breaks and stuff. It's unbelievable. Yeah, that that was the vintage of Drew Brees. And you know, you think about this offense; it's really been offense with the runners. And the last yes. few times they played Carolina, those runners had over 150 plus yards. Um, Carolina did a nice job of stopping them, but committed eight guys to the box, and Drew Brees went to work on a pretty young secondary and just made a bunch of plays in the passing game. Oh, but those throws he makes when oh, the guys unbelievable. The guy hasn't even turned around and given him a yeah. look and he turns and there's the ball. It's uh yeah. it is amazing the way a five foot eleven guy can throw through those seams, but he's been doing it now for twenty years. So. Yeah. I mean it's all timing, it's all feel for what's going to happen. And you know, a lot of people thought because you know Drew Brees didn't have the numbers this year. Like Jelly he's throwing about thirty plus touchdowns a season. Those yep. numbers weren't weren't there, you know. And people say, "Well, maybe he's done. Maybe this is last year." I tell you what, the way he played that game, <laughs> he can play. He can play a little longer. So that can they protect him up here uh, Sunday yeah. uh, against that Viking uh, front? Uh, Everson Griffin getting two weeks off should probably help him. He's had a little foot problem, and uh, and yeah. uh, I I think that the defense is aided more in a dome by the being the home team when you got a good defense than if you have a good offense. Yeah, I agree, especially the noise factor. Now, Drew was playing a lot of noise, obviously. Yeah. Um, There's a different element playing against this defense. This is a fabulous defense on all three phases of it. Um, but you're right. The rush is going to be critical. Um, I know Zimmer's probably you know, telling those guys, hey, look, let's get our hands up on the quick stuff because we can knock some of it down because Breeze is not very tall. Like you said, he needs windows to throw the ball. And their secondary, you know, can – I want to see the matchups in the secondary, how they match this thing up. That's going to be interesting. Well, this Mike Thomas is fantastic. Is kind yes, of under is. the radar, fantastic. But I, mean, I would imagine they'll do what they do. Have Xavier Rhodes follow him, huh? Yeah, that ought to be a fun one to watch. You know, a really great corner and a big time receiver. Um, you got all elements in this thing now. You got, you know, the Vikings that uh, have a defense that can take the ball away. And I, and I know if you're the Minnesota offense, you're concerned with that. The fact that these guys do a great job of taking the ball away. Uh, Thomas is—he's uh, sort of their version of Thielen. I, I mean, he had a great year last yeah. year too, but uh, just a fantastic route runner who catches everything that Drew Brees throws near him. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And he's big, you know. He's he's long too. So um, this is going to be a good game. This is the one that I think, you know, all although the Eagles and Lions is interesting, but I think this is the one that people are kind of looking at, going, "Hmm, this is going to be a really good game." I did not realize until I talked to a friend of mine in New Orleans yesterday how many guys they've lost through the course of the year on their defense. They've uh, kind of had to patch it together. Yeah, they have, and done a really good job, as I said. You know, they they, they have a, a young corner down there that's that, that's fantastic. Adamer. That's really yeah. yeah, that's really playing good, and they're back to that old style of defense they played when they made their run to the Super Bowl. They take the ball away, so. That'll be interesting to see how um, they fare against the Vikings. Peyton ran through about three different defensive coordinators before he found this guy after that. Too. Yeah. They were changing yeah. him about every year there, Rob Ryan and all the guys. Yeah, no, and, he, and you know, the guy came from, from the Raiders, and um, you know he's built himself a pretty good defense the last couple of years. A lot of young guys with, with, with some talent, and uh, you know they're, they're playing well too. So this is, this is going to be probably, I think, maybe the best 
best game of, of the weekend because of the conditions will be good. You know, it's not outside. All these other games are out, you know, outside. The conditions could be a factor. I bet you missed being on that ESPN set this weekend, so you could this week, so you could spend the whole week talking about Belichick, Brady, and Kraft. Oh, <laughs> that you know, story was beat scenario, to death. Right? Yes, yeah, they've got they're bickering right. I tell you what, this is one of those games where that's the last thing you want to hear that they're bickering because it's like, uh oh, that's never good when we hear that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I gotta think that uh, Belichick won't let it bother him. But uh, no, those are uh, those are not two very uh, very entertaining uh, playoff games. The AFC. No, I mean you look up. at them and you catch. You know the Eagle Atlanta game is interesting. Yeah, to me. That's the interesting oh. one. Oh, I agree with you because I, I think we were just talking about it. Is I think Atlanta's a better team than the Eagles, but if I was the Vikings, I'd rather play at home than to go to Philadelphia. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Vikings, if, you know, they get past this one. I, I, I can see, you know, if, 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 if the quarterback for the Eagles doesn't play well, Atlanta will win this game. Yeah. Well, they're favorites. You know, yeah, yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? All of a sudden, yeah, never happened yeah. before, I guess. Since no, we went thirteen to this, and three, and you're not the favorite. It's interesting. This is this kind of system, but uh, so what? Uh, if Jacksonville wins a playoff game with a oh. performance like that from Bortles, oh. it was unbelievable. That's you know, I don't know what happened to him. It looked like he was getting better, and he was just awful. Yeah. I thought. Well, I mean, you know, both his offenses. I mean, it, it set back off in football 50 years. You watch the game. I'm, I'm watching that thing going, hey, man, let's just turn the TV off in the fourth quarter. It'll get interesting. But right now, we don't need to watch this. I mean, Herm Edwards is with us, and we got to thank him. And Herm, now, is there, I know you don't have any influence on who Arizona State's arch rival hires. But I yeah. was looking forward to Les Miles versus Herb Edwards. I would have flown in for those press conferences, man. I love it. <laughs> we'll figure it out here shortly. <laughs> you'll know pretty soon who you're going yeah. against. Thanks, Herm. Have a good weekend. Thank you, my friend. All right. You All right. Uh, the great Herm Edwards. Arizona State. Loyal. Have we ever had anybody this loyal to yeah. the ride with racing? God, no. We can't even count on Jess Myers as much as we count on her. <laughs> oh, heavens, no. Jess Myers is a hard get compared to her. Oh man, man he's great. That's uh, it's unbelievable. He's hung with us uh, through this, and he'll hang with us through the Super Bowl. And uh, you know, if I was him, I'd be calling those oh. Minnesota juniors. I'd call up uh, the kid from Medina, Carol, and say, "You know what temperature is down here today, son? <laughs> you want to play at TCF Bank Stadium? Get your ass kicked by Wisconsin and." Uh, 15 below zero? Come on down to Arizona. It's that's January 10th, and I'm wearing flip-flops. Son. <laughs> yes, that's, that is right. Now, by the way, did you guys see who the new leading contender in Arizona is? No. Rick Neuheisel. What? Rick really? Neuheisel. <laughs> as he's been out of it since he got fired at UCLA six years ago. Did Why he wouldn't a... they just hire Les Miles? It makes I don't sense. Know. What? Uh, they don't want to pay him? What are they? What's the problem? Let's go. Herman, Herman Less. Oh you got you could you could do an ad for a car dealer down there oh or something, God, could yeah. you? That'd be great. Have less and less and, uh, They're fighting over that last set of keys at the dealership. Yes, right, man. Less and Herm, that'd be fantastic. I don't know. Less must. I wonder if he wants his back in as much as he says he wants back in. Maybe he's just counting that cash that he got from LSU. Who knows?
Well, that's true. But, uh, hey, congratulations to our guy Tracy Clays. I guess we said that yesterday, but throw that out there again. Leach. And you wonder how long Leach is going to stay there, though. He he flirted with uh, Tennessee. Can we now, become the official home of Washington football? <laughs> Washington State oh, football. I'm sorry, Washington State oh, football. I think, I think we got to have uh, every uh, Monday our favorite Mike Leach quote, especially yes. after they lose. They're the, they're, especially after they lose. They're the Cougars, right? Yes. Yeah. Cougar vent line on the Ryman Rossi <laughs> every Monday. Could you imagine if Mike Leach was coached? was coaching at Washington State when Ryan Leaf was playing there. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Well, he's he's a, you know, he's got a lot of talent this kid, but he's an he's a moron, you know. He was, he's unbelievable. He's just an idiot. Yeah. yeah. What? Who what was the uh what was the one you played yet? Did you play that yesterday? Oh, the, what uh, was that one I had? That was everybody the one where he's telling game. everybody how bad bad his team is. Everybody had a bad You saw game. somebody what who game did you guy? watch? <laughs> yeah. Man, he's the greatest. All right, we'll sh- we shall return. Chip Scoggins is going to be with us about 540. Here is John Height with a sports update. Did you send Grumpy Kenny home yet? Oh, uh, he's yet. still here, no. yeah. No, oh, Kenny's in a great mood today. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't know. He, he called me a... No, he's in a, he's, a he's in a, he's in a Kenny mood today. Remember, Pat, Kenny's always in a good mood when we're, when the rest of us are in a bad That's mood. That's right. And it's vice versa. <laughs> okay. When we're all in a good mood, Kenny's in a terrible mood. Thanks. Now that he's is, in there rolling his eyes at us. Thanks, that guys. Is a, that, is a, that is a good philosophy there. Okay. <laughs> we did, though, decide to uh, hire Mike Morris to be our bouncer at the Krabby Coffee Shop. <laughs> oh, that's a good choice. Perfect. As, yep. as I said on Twitter... You offer you ask for Steve Milk, you're out on your rear end, man. We're throwing you right out the door. Mike Morris, the bouncer and head of the complaint department. <laughs> Go take it up with the big fella. That's right. This, this update sponsored by Concordia University Online Learning. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.com. Edu. They can also teach you volleyball over there. There you go. You know, speaking of Michael Pat, he you know, he's in here doing the Friday Football Fun Fest, and I forget maybe it was a week or two ago. I'm sitting across the glass, looking at him, <laughs> going, "We're the same species. <laughs> he's three times my size." He also apparently what what this is all based on him kicking off a show by telling you to shut up. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and when he says "shut up," you listen. Shut yeah, up. you listen. Uh-huh. Yep. An attorney for Reggie Lynch today said the star setter on the University of Minnesota Gophers basketball team categorically and vehemently denies allegations of sexual misconduct made against him. Lynch is appealing the university's equal opportunity and affirmative action investigative findings that have led to a suspension and recommendation for expulsion. His lawyer, Ryan Pasiga, said today he had filed requests for hearings and is working with you to get them scheduled. Wild right uh, back at it today after losing to Calgary in overtime last night. They're in Chicago to play the Blackhawks this evening. Uh, Eric Stahl, by the way, has been picked as Minnesota's lone representative for the 11-player Central Division roster that will compete in the All-Star Game January 28th in Tampa, Florida. And another injury note, Nito Niederreiter's return to ice was a brief one. He had three goals in his first game back from injury last Thursday. He'll miss at least the next week because of a lower body injury, which everybody is saying is a left ankle injury that's bothered him for most of this season. So even if everybody knows what it is, they still just yeah. out of uh, tradition say lower body injury. That's the report from the team, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. 
Timberwolves in action tonight, middle of a homestand. They'll face the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Target Center. Uh, Cavaliers guard Isaiah Thomas has been fined twenty grand. I uh, remember he uh, put an arm across the throat of Minnesota Timberwolves forward Andrew Wiggins. I did not see that live, but there, there's a few slow motion videos that are on Twitter. He absolutely karate chopped him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. that was pretty bad. <laughs> the incident for which Thomas was assessed a flagrant foul two and ejected occurred with 6.47 remaining in that uh, Timberwolves demolition of the Cavaliers Monday night. He had to jump up in the air to yeah, close he's line a little, guy. Guy. <laughs> little fella that he is. Uh, reports say the new offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers will be Norv Turner. <laughs> Really? Yep. All right. Good. Way to go, Norv. He'll Ma- be good. Mac will be happy. <laughs> he'll be he'll be good for Cam. Because, yes, he will. Uh, he likes to throw the ball long. Well, so. and not only that. Speaking of Cam, Norv's son, Scott. Okay. He's coming to Carolina. Also, according to these reports, package to, deal to be the quarterbacks coach for the Panthers. So we got to play them next year, don't we? Wouldn't we? No. I, who? No, they didn't win that division. New Orleans won the division. Yes. So maybe not. Vikings tight end Kyle Rudolph normally plays anywhere from 90 to 100% of the snaps every week, but of course he's had that ankle injury the last few games, hasn't played as much, but he said today his ankle feels much better and is in much better shape after the team's week off. About the week off, he said, I needed it. It was kind of the light at the end of the tunnel for me just to get the divisional round. Rudolph's been a key weapon for Case Keenum, especially on third downs. Uh, He scored eight touchdowns this year, seven of which came from inside the 20. And created 11 first downs on 14 third down receptions. And my infrequent trips out there, he's become the new Matt Burke, man. He's a oh. go-to. He's a go-to guy for the media out there. Really? Hey, yeah. back to uh, Kyle Rudolph. Back to Nor for a quick second. Didn't didn't he say that it was retirement that there was no friction between him and the head <laughs> yeah, coach? Yeah, when he uh, said, and Zim said that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this is hard to believe. But people in sports may have lied wow. to us. What? <laughs> what? I just thought maybe that, that happens. I just thought maybe mm. Norv was hinting at retirement much like you do, Patrick. <laughs> that's just kind of a mere thought. Yeah, to... well, that is true. <laughs> Steelers. That is true. I that's right. I can't take a cheap shot at anybody. <laughs> Let's see. Sid renegotiating his contract. <laughs> so we got ninety seven. We got Norv, we got Roycey, we got Favre. Who else we got that are always uh, the, the, the retirement team? Vern Gagne. Vern, yep. Vern had yeah, 25 of them. Yeah. Did you see And uh, he always won the, the comeback match. Right? <laughs> unbeaten. Did you see that, uh, speaking of Favre, that he has a documentary coming out about concussions? Did see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, mm-hmm. uh, where he says if his grandchildren... He'd rather they uh, did something else besides play football. Oh, well, yeah, because it was a concussion that caused him to uh-huh. text a picture of his uh, <laughs> lower unit to a very attractive young lady. Texted a, a picture of his Case Keenum, according to Mike <laughs> yeah, Zimmer. Right. <laughs> didn't, didn't know that's, that's where right. we were going with that one. Yes. Steelers linebacker Ryan Shazier watched his first practice and suffering that spinal cord injury today. Shazier's in a that wheelchair. Is tough. Mm-hmm. Shared a video of himself via Instagram in a wheelchair from his visit to the UPMC Sports Performance Complex. He was injured making a tackle against the Bengals December 4th, later underwent spinal stabilization surgery. He wrote, it's great to be back for practices. Just to be able to feel a part of it means the world. They haven't disclosed the details of the injury. In an interview last week, his dad said Chazier had regained feelings in his legs. All right, Johnny, that is enough out of you. Thank you, sir. You bet. All right. Bye.
ride with Royce. Geared to the automobile, a complex mechanism that must be operated by an even more complex entity. Royce on 1500 ESPN. Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist. Uh, I don't think Reggie Lynch's lawyers did him much good today, uh, Chip. No, if you're trying to sway the public, comparing it to Japanese internment camps was probably not the way to go. <laughs> no, um, it he, was uh, it was bizarre to, to say the least. Uh, Lee Hutton, uh, who handled the case uh, last year with the football players, uh, was certainly uh, and he was as first said to be this uh, Reggie's lawyer, but uh, yeah, he he handled it much. Much less goofy than this guy did as he tried to make the case for the football players last year. This was uh, this was unfortunate for Reggie's uh, already uh, uh, lagging chances to ever play for the Gophers again. Yeah, and I was at Winter Park, so I wasn't at uh, Ryan yeah. Seager, his, his lawyer's uh, press conference, but I was following on Twitter, and you know the writers were tweeting out, and it just kept getting more and more bizarre, the quotes, uh, to the point where... He sounded like he was incredulous that the uh, the uh, the women in these cases their their identities aren't made public. <laughs> um, it, it just it was you know one on one how you don't handle uh, a press conference like that. Um, I understand they want to defend Lynch and 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 they're going to come out and say he's you know he's not guilty of this and but um, some of the statements and. and just the things that he threw out uh, were bizarre, and um, yeah, I don't know that he was trying to win over anybody to begin with, but it just made his client look even worse. Uh, privacy rights are a great excuse for an administration and an athletic department and a university, though, to uh, not give us any indication of, uh, of a possible timeline as to uh, uh, when this stuff was all being... Uh, when, whenever there's... I read today, I guess, and I, we should have known this, whenever there's an investigation by the... Uh, that university group, uh, yeah. the the the, co- the the athletic department's informed of it. So, but uh, they can say, well, they don't even have to admit that they know what Reggie's being investigated for. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great out for an athletic director and a basketball coach. And and the thing that's been told to me, and and um, you know whether it's true or not, but I think it probably is, is that when there is a complaint. And an investigation is launched by the EOAA. They inform, um, you know, the, the athletic department that hey, there, you know, this is there's been a complaint lodged against this person. And obviously, I don't know if they can tell at that point because they have to do the investigation first. Sure. And they they're not told. I don't think they're getting periodic updates. I think the next thing they hear is when the when the EOA re- releases a report to them, um, and then they get the they get the document. So I don't I don't think that. Every so often they're saying, hey, here's what we have so far, blah, blah, blah. I think it's just there's an investigation and they get the report at the end of it. And uh, uh, what I did read, though, is it's... uh it's basically the uh, up to, then up to the AD and the coach what Correct. they want to do about it. They uh, they have the option of not to have either taking action or not taking action. So yeah, and, and what the EOA does, Pat, they they uh, when they re- uh, give the, the report, they issue a recommendation on punishment, expulsion, yes. suspension, whatever. Um, it's up to, but under the assumption that uh, let's say an athlete in this case, they're going to appeal it. Now it's up to. The athletic department now they may have um, 
you know, pressure from higher above him, but it's up to Mark Cole ultimately to say, hey, we're going to suspend this person uh, while he uh, he or she appeals it. Um, and that's where that's where I think people came down, um, you know, hard on, on Cole and Patino is that my understanding is that they found out in October that Lynch, uh, that there was a complaint lodged against him for, for this violation, and people wanted them uh, to suspend him right away at that point, because this was the second incident. And I think they absolutely, you know, you open yourself to that criticism, but the also the comeback is there has to be some due process. And so what if, um, let's just, you know, take Lynch out of this, but in any other case, what if you have a complaint and they're launching you, so you know, we're, we're suspending you right off the bat until we figure out what happened. And then it comes back that the EOA says, you know, there's no basis here. There's, there's nothing, we found nothing even, um, you know, no evidence there, nothing to punish him, and you've, you've basically punished this guy uh, when, while that process was going out. So I, that argument could be made on, on both sides. Um, it's a tough situation, I know, for them um, to you know, determine should you suspend him, why the investigation is not going on or not. Uh, but in this case, they, they did not, and then they waited until uh, the report came uh, to, to issue that suspension. You were out at Winter Park today. Everybody jolly in anticipation of uh, a victory over the Saints on Sunday. Yeah, it's. Uh, I would say, and it's the mood has been not unlike it has been all year. It's just a confident team, and you know when you win thirteen games and you have the best defense, uh, it's easy to see why you're confident. Um, even though you're going against Drew Brees and that offense, and and this is a really terrific uh, opponent as you're going to have to face. I just get the sense that especially when you talk to the defensive guys, that they just are so in tune with how they're playing that, um, and, and the fact that they're playing at home, that they're very confident. Um, you know, I think, the, to me, the one kind of wild card in this, this whole thing is, is how is Case Keenum going to play in his, in his first playoff game? Um, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, play not air-free uh, football, but just not make a killer mistake that uh, puts him in a bad spot? Yeah, and you know, if you, he would probably be the most likely guy to turn it over, but uh, you know, the only you know, what can get you in trouble is any team is three turnovers. Even if you're at yes. home, you know, if you turn yeah. it over, and and New Orleans uh, does, they don't have a great defense, but they take it away a lot. So uh, you don't want to be terribly uh, uh, non-careful with them. And uh, but uh, yeah. I had Jeff Duncan on yesterday, and I didn't realize they've lost six defensive starters through the course of the season Ooh. down there. Down wow. there, they got wow. Latimer. They lost their other real good. They used to have two good corners. They got Latimer now, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Drees was Drew Breeze was so good uh, Sunday that I, I couldn't believe it. Man, alive was he! Yeah, good. he. Well, the thing is with him, Patrick is is I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback get rid of the ball as fast as he does. And so you're probably not going to sack him. And Zimmer talked about this today is that with him you have to have a, a different rush plan. Zimmer comes up with a rush plan for his defensive linemen and, and, and linebackers too, and how they're going to you know kind of get it. And it sounds like they really are. Um, feel like they need to get a rush up the middle. I mean, everybody, when we, we talk about pass rush, you know, everybody assumes Everson Griffith and the Dale Hunter and coming from the edges, but I, a number of guys also talked about they need to get it up the middle to get, because if Drew Brees just drops back, you know, gets on his spot, he's so accurate that you, you've got to move him off his spot. And so um, I don't know that they're really going to hit him a lot. Um, it might be one of those ones where you've got to rush and get your hands up and try to bat some balls because he, the ball just comes out so quick that you can't really get to him. And so, and, uh, you know, Brian Robinson was talking about his, you know, 
the definition for being open for Drew Brees is a little bit different than most guys. <laughs> if a guy is two feet away from him or a foot away from him, uh, that's open to him. And so he can squeeze passes into tight windows that you know other quarterbacks can't. So, uh, this is, that, hey, this that, is the biggest challenge that they're going to face. I mean, it's, it's going to be fun to see that defense against Brees. That ball he threw Sunday to the tight end about 20 yards down the field yeah. when the guy was standing right next. I mean, the guy had him covered, and he threw it, eh, what, six inches of from where the yeah. defensive back could catch it? And the yep. guy reached it. And his receivers catch the ball, too. Yeah. Well, they had the play late in the game where Captain Monterland was, was uh, covering yeah. the uh, the one wide receiving as a back shoulder. Threw him the jump and, ball. And, yeah, and, yeah and, and even Aikman was saying, there's nothing you can do. I mean, there literally was nothing he could do, and and it, it had a kind of a close up on Captain's face, and you could, you could see he was just absolutely exasperated because he, you know, you can think that you're playing perfect coverage, and he throws that back shoulder ball, and there's just really nothing you can do, and so, um, you know, I, but I do like the fact that uh, you combine the pass rush with, you know, the big corners with Xavier, and, and the way that Trey Waynes has really played this year. I'm gonna have a column on him later this year, just how improved he's been. Um, you know, this defense is equipped to, as best you can, to uh, you know, try to get under Breeze's skin. Hey, uh, Reavers, were you the one that gave me the stat on uh, 21 throws in 22 seconds? Uh, who, who gave me that stat? Today? I don't think that that was me, sir. Who, we got a stat today that there was 21 throws he made, and, and, and the time between uh, his release time was a total of 22 seconds. Uh <laughs> it was, it, uh, yeah, Breeze, uh, Breeze, you know, so the ball, the ball was gone in one and a fraction second, twenty-one. Yeah, how do you how do you get to him? How do you sack him? And uh, I mean, that's the thing. And it's not only does he get it out quick, he's accurate. And and so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what Zim comes up with because um, you know it, it's you, you. I just don't think you're going to be able to sack him. And if they can get Linval and Tom Johnson. To get some pressure up the middle, I can't tell you how much that seemed like it was emphasized today. Uh, just listening to the guys out there by being able to get a pass rush up the middle. Um, so it sounds like that's something they're already kind of focused in on. And because, uh, like you said, it's just you're not going to get your hands on him too often when he's getting the ball, you know, getting rid of the ball that quick. Chip, I uh, talked about this yesterday rather loudly, but after watching Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Why? Why are we spending 170 million dollars <laughs> on an athletic facility? What's the point? What's the yeah, point? They are never going to put athletes <laughs> in the same universe on the field as those two teams put on the field Monday night. Yeah, it's uh, you know, Pat. I did a uh, I did a column on uh, J.C. Hour. Yeah. Uh, a, Wood, a Woodbury kid, Eastridge kid, yes. who uh, was a backup lineman. He actually started in the game, but. In his three years, well, he's a senior now, but in the three years, uh, you know, this number will grow. Uh, the last three years, 24 draft picks off Alabama team. <laughs> 24. In three yeah. Years, eight. Average of eight a year. And of those 24, um, 14 were on defense. So what? it's – and how many are they going to add to it this year? I mean, you're going to have, what, another probably eight this year. And it's just yeah. – it's it's a it. I I do watch that. Sometimes I watch that and I, I think to myself, this is a different game than what I just covered. Oh, sure. <laughs> At eleven o'clock today, when I was covering, you know, the Gophers Northwestern, it's just a different game. And 
you know, it's it's they get all the best athletes, and there's a reason why they're playing for national titles every year. Well, I was watching their defense in the first half and saying, this is the best one he's ever had. And then all of a sudden, Georgia did a few things against them. But the athletes that Alabama, that both teams that throw you on defenses yeah. is, is amazing. It's just well, incredible. Well, and that's the thing, and it's, it's uh, and Kirby Smart, you know, he's going to start doing it too. He's oh, yeah, he's number one and, recruiter. Yeah, and um, that's, you know, there's there's parity in the NFL. There's not parity in college football. <laughs> because you, <laughs> nope. you get the pick, you know. I mean, you're you're recruiting, not drafting, and it's uh, there's and no Nick, order. And Nick's got the guts to complain about the early signing period. It's, <laughs> it's amazing how much he can complain, isn't it? Well, he can, and then he also. I love that he was using the old underdog status. No one, no, no one thought Alabama should be there. It's like really. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh. a lot of cards you could play, but you know. Using that, nobody wanted Alabama in the playoffs and think they should be there. It's like, eh, I don't know about that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, I still can't remember what the NCAA team was, but uh, after they won the championship game, the kid said, nobody gave us a chance, and they were rated number one in the country. <laughs> when the playoffs started, they were rated, nobody gave us a chance. Well, except all the voters. So, All well, right, sir, thank you. We will talk to you, thanks. All right, Chip, thanks. Uh Say the Twins have confirmed that they will be playing in Puerto Rico. Yes. So Mrs. Reavers better get ready for another travel request by her husband. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be fun. I think April that would be a blast. April 15th, uh, what, are the, April 17th and 18th? Is yeah, that, it's, it's after, I think, like a week of, of games that they'll play. And then they travel to, because they start the season in Baltimore, and then I know they play giving another up, series. Giving up two of those red, with Twins giving up two of those red-hot April midweek home <laughs> games that uh, they uh, they used to. But it is amazing that Puerto Rico has managed to get things put back together. And uh, I think a few I Twins su- fans will make the trip down, don't you? I suppose MLB didn't want to be in a situation of saying, uh, we're not coming because of the hurricane, so... So that's good. You know, it'll it'll be a festive occasion. All right, fellas, tomorrow, talk to you. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.